This episode is brought to you by Meow Wolf. Manifest unique family memories at Meow Wolf Denver. Quantum travel is the most comfortable way for Earthers of all ages to explore a playground of imagination. And why visit just once when this immersive experience reshapes every time you enter? C Street is my favorite because C Street has this vibe of like 80s dystopian. There's like slime coming down the walls and there's weird posters. And then of course, the secret club. With the annual Portal Pass, drop by Convergence Station as much as you want for less than the cost of two adult tickets. So if you plan to go twice, it's worth it. Plus, enjoy discounts, special offers, and so much more. Get the annual Portal Pass and spend quality space time with your favorite Earthers today. Learn more at MeowWolf.com. That's MeowWolf.com. Today on CityCast Denver. I was cruising Instagram the other day and I saw a burrito from Los Dos Patrios and oh my God, steak burrito number 44, steak and beans smothered in green chili and topped with lettuce, tomato and cheese, quintessential Denver burrito. And earlier this year, I got the story behind it from Luis and Daniel Ramirez, the brothers who have grown their father's burrito shop into a suburb spanning Denmex empire. Also, stay tuned to the end for a sponsored interview with Savio House, a nonprofit that's doing some cool work here in Denver. Today is Thursday, December 21st. I'm Bree Davies, and here's what Denver's talking about. Daniel and Luis Ramirez, welcome to CityCast Denver. Thank you. Uh, thanks for having us on. So we're almost three years into a pandemic that has decimated the restaurant industry, yet you two are opening new spots across the metro area. What do you know that other restaurateurs maybe don't? That's a that's a great question. You know, it's it's not so much of what other don't other restaurateurs don't know. I think it's just the ambition, you know, call it call it young ambition. And, you know, Luis is, you know, 34, I'm 30 years old and you know, I think when the pandemic happened, we we created this concept called Los Dos Potrios Express when everything was completely shut down. And that's what made us get the the food truck. And then from there, we're like, oh man, you know, this is this is this is working okay, you know. I think we can end up doing something different. And then 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 this the other other concept started to evolve, and that's where we're gonna be opening up in March. And you know, I think it's just an inner drive that we have. It's just uh, you know, the COVID changed everything, the pandemic changed everything for every restaurant tour, obviously. When my brother and I came up with this concept, we it, it was scary. It was difficult. We didn't know what to expect. And what came of it was, like Danny said, Los Dos Express. We, you know, we noticed that that's the trend. That's where everyone's kind of going towards right now. Sure, we could <laughs> could be could be uh, just young guys, you know, just pounding their chests. But we're uh, very confident, very happy with uh, where the direction everything's going right now. But, you know, I'm also thinking about this narrative where, okay, so the minimum wage went up at the beginning of this year. Yeah. And I I know that sort of one of the narratives around restaurants is like the margins are tough to begin with. And then asking restaurants to pay more, which I I have to say, I've never talked to a restaurant owner that doesn't want to pay more to their employees. But it becomes a matter of like, how do you make it work? So I I just wondered if if that change in minimum wage impacted your thoughts or your plans for growth at all. Quite honestly, I don't think uh, we really thought about that as one of the deterrents for wanting to expand. Uh, We see our hospitality industry more as a career 
versus, you know, back they had the stigma, mm-hmm. maybe, 50, maybe 20, 25 years ago. Hey, you do this for your first job. You go in there, you wait, bust some tables, you know, you go and host. But now, as again, the world is constantly changing. And right now, this is, we are creating a career. This is your career. Short of the minimum wage, obviously going up. It's going to keep going up. We can't, that's out of our control. The only things we can focus on is providing good service, great food, and just treating our staff well. That's one of the things that we can focus on, and then we'll let the rest take care of itself. Yeah, and I think also what you're saying, I I, I deeply respect the um, restaurant as a career because a lot of folks have chosen that, and it's not seen as a career. And I think that that is so detrimental to the the people that show up every day. Because I, I I worked in retail for 17 years, and we were treated often as like disposable people. But I worked for some of the same people for years and years and years. It was their career, and so it sounds like you're kind of creating an environment that makes people think. I, I could do this for a career. It's pretty amazing to see and, you know, to have the support from your staff and especially your staff here and in, in our corporate office, you know, we, we established a really awesome culture. And, you know, it's the, during the kind the, during the pandemic, it was, you know, of course it was scary. And of course there was so much going on and, you know, we furloughed 300 employees uh, during the pandemic, but, you know, throughout the furloughing, we also accommodated the ones that we did have to furlough. It's like, Hey, we have free meals on Tuesdays and Thursdays, like big family meals, come, come grab them you know, to finding ways to have our busters come in and try to to do something, you know, clean the restaurant, just try to give them as much hours until PPP came in. You know, we were just constantly trying to find ways to take care of them because of how much they've taken care of us and continue to take care of us. My father accomplished his American dream. And, you know, now we have the ability to help others create their own American dream. And that's what it's about. So something I want to ask you about is the location of your restaurants, because you guys like really focus on the suburbs and you're not in Denver proper. Yeah. Are you avoiding Denver? It's a great question. You know, it's uh, again, back in the day, we actually, my father, our father, um, you know, we, it was off 18th and Arapaho called the Arapaho Junction. You know, we were actually there and he kind of ran that spot. And then we had a, he also had another spot with my godmother. They opened together off of 72nd and Pecos, Tia Marias. My, our godmother was there for 25 years until COVID shut him down. And then everyone kept asking, well, why don't you go up north? Why don't you go up north? And you know, we always said we had a, we basically had a, a treaty saying that we wouldn't go up north and our godmother wouldn't come down south to compete against each other. So now, you know, she, she retired. She was, she said it's actually a blessing that, you know, the COVID happened for a restaurant because they were just tired and they were done. And, you know, and now, you know, that you ask that question is, yeah, you know, expect us, you know, that's why we are going north, Glenn. You know, it's still a little bit of a suburb of Denver, you know, because we, we, we love the suburbs. We love being involved in the community. And then once we have a couple more stores open around the suburbs, then we're going to go down to the Denver area, you know, and really just, you know, because we feel like Denver, it's it's so fun and it's so unique in its own way that we want to make sure when we do something, we do it right. You know, currently right now, we we do the suburbs really well and we understand the suburbs. So once we kind of get all those projects out of the way, then we're like, okay, this is a fun project. This is the, this is that project we've been talking about for 10, 15 years. Now let's put all of our energy in here because now this is just going to be different. It's going to be just honestly super fun. <laughs> we, we do have very, very cool uh, concepts that are, are, we are developing for when we do make it to Denver. Yeah. So, okay. So, but in, in the meantime, we can visit any of your other amazing restaurants. Of course. So your dad, Jose, opened the first Los Dos Patrios back in 2002. Yep. You guys are building this now. I mean, this is in the last couple of years. You've really started to expand. Like, was this the long-term dream? What 
what made you take something that your father made 20 years ago and, and make it into this sort of restaurant empire you're building now? So our father really, he worked so hard his entire life for everything that he built with his hands. He wasn't around for Danny and I from when he were younger, which, which we totally understand. He was trying to provide a better life. Yeah. So our thought process is, why stop there? Let's create his impossible dream come true. If he was on this interview, you can ask him, hey, what was your vision for Los Los? He would tell you, I never saw him no more than two, two locations. And these crazy guys had to come into the business and start doing, oh, they had, well, look at this one. What do you think about doing one in Highlands Ranch? What do you think about Parker? Danny was like, what do you think about doing the beer concepts? What do you think about doing food trucks? And I, hey, dad, no, well, how do you think about our fast casual idea? And we're just trying to create and maintain his legacy for what he's done. He's done so much good in this world and has given so, so much back to the communities that, you know what, let's, that's, that's essentially the essence of our business model. Let's stick with that, be involved in the community and just continue his legacy of what he's done and just keep, keep it going. That's, that's really one of the the biggest reason, honestly. And then honest, and then, you know, my brother and I, we are best friends. We are business partners. We wanted to do this together. It's, it's those Los Potrios. It's both of us. So who else to get into business with than this guy right over here? Yeah. <laughs> It, is, it really is. It's, it's something special, right? Like it's, it's hard to, it's hard to, it's hard to cover. And, you know, like there's been a lot of, there's been, you know, people say it's like, Oh, you know, that second generation really is the one that doesn't really care about the business right. and then they let it go. That's such a narrative. Yeah. I don't know. Like we grew up in this. Like, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. Like in high school, you know, if we wanted anything or not even in high school, like when we were 13 years old, like if we wanted anything, we were, we were working as a host. But, you know, our, ba- our babysitters were the, were the chefs and the kitchen guys. Those were our babysitters. I, I, I had the opportunity to go to play college football and got out of the business. And, you know, I even, but I wrote on my senior book that my goal and my vision one day was for us to take, take over my parents and get them out. And then for my brother and I to continue expanding. And this was, you know, 12, 13 years ago. And it was just a vision. And, you know, I just, I knew I would come back to the business one day with Luis. I just didn't know when, and it was just perfect timing when, when it ended up happening. And it's, it's, it's just been, it's been great. Like Luis said, like what, what our father has seen and what he gets to do now, he gets to hang out with his grandkids. I mean, he works the floor with my mom. With our Yeah. Mom. I was going to say, is he retired or what's his, what's Jose doing? He's never going to retire. Never. <laughs> never. I don't think that you ever retire in the restaurant world because even if you go out to eat, you're like, you look somewhere you're, else. You start thinking. You're managing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You know, he's, uh, he works the floor Mondays and Tuesdays and Thursdays with our, with our mother. But you know, those other days he's with the grandkids. I mean, that's, 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 that is a true American dream for him because, you know, and my mom grew up in a family of eight. My dad grew up in a family of 15. Holy cow. And, you know, A, his, their parents never had the ability to really connect with them. Yeah. And then they never really had too much of an ability to connect with us because they were really always working and making it for us. But now we've given them the ability to connect with their, our grand, their grandkids. But now we also have the ability also to work. And to connect with our kids and our family as well. So it's 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 been it's been pretty pretty great. It's really awesome too. Your dad obviously trusted both of you to say take this and and do what you want to do with it. And it's and it's fun, you know. Just as a just as a little caveat to that is, you know, he always says, "This is my last one, son." I'm like, I'm not going to do another one, son. I'm not going to do another one, son. And then You're and like, then uh-huh. uh, and then we're like, "Hey, dad, we found this file." Is it okay? Get some information. Get some get some information. You know, he's but, like, "Oh wait, that okay that that real estate looks good. Okay, that's exactly good. that that looks good. That looks good." Because I'm like, I'm like, dad, I'm like, look. 
Like, why do you keep saying this is your last one? It's like, what better spot do you want to be is you have your sons helping you literally run the company. You just get the ability to kind of sit back and kind of oversee, play a little bit of, you know, here and there, let's move this here, move this there. And like, ooh, get that, get your eye on things. But, you know, you get the ability now to really invest in your company in the way you want. And enjoy it. That makes a lot of sense. So... To wrap up, you guys have a really interesting take on tacos. Like it's it's really like it's interactive. It's interesting. Can you explain to folks what a Los Dos street taco experience is? Uh, what we want to do with our street tacos is we want to do simple one nine Jerez. Jerez Zacatecas is where our family's from. So every time you come to our tacos, it's what we get when we're down there. We're having our carne asada, our, our chicken, our carnitas, everything like that. So we won. Uh, we actually won top taco what is it? Four, three out of the last four times we've competed. Oh, wow. COVID was a, was a wash. Our first year we won was with our carnitas tacos. It's exactly how we have them in Jerez. That's all. Every time you come to Top Taco, it's what you would expect when you come to Jerez Zacatecas. You, we got the setup. We're singing. We're dancing. We're just <laughs> slinging tacos left and right, talking to everyone. So we did carnitas and then we did our barbacoa. And then most recently we went with Suadero, uh, Suadero tacos. You, we, that's what it is. One night in Jerez Zacatecas. You come and get them. It's what you're going to, you're going to get a high quality street taco that you would get, you know, just down the street at a local food truck or, or after you're leaving the the nightclub or the dance or wherever you're, when you're at the bar, you know, you get some, you, you want tacos, but you want, again, we're in the suburbs. We offer a little bit higher quality handmade tortillas. We hand make them every single day. So that's another difference that we do with us. And we offer just a, a, a much higher quality taco that we absolutely love and want to share with everyone. Well, and I've seen the platter. It's like it comes with like grilled onions and jalapenos and oh, yeah, like that's nopales. Our, that's our oh, okay. This is different. So this is this is itself. So taquisa is make your own ta- street taco mm-hmm. like at, at at your table. So you can have that fun experience. Come with some friends, girlfriends or whatever and have some margaritas. Hey, let's get a taquisa. And, you know, we can make our own street tacos there at the table, like steak, chicken, pork, adobada, cool. cactus, Mexican onion, cilantro, onion, radish, lime, salsa callejera, which is street taco salsa, or salsa tomatillo verde. And, you know, you can make your street tacos, have a great time. But then you can also have, you know, if you just want an individual order of street tacos, you can do steak, you can do shrimp, you can do carnita, barbacoa. Uh, you know, shredded beef, anything, 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 any any street taco that you want. If we have that meat, it's gonna be able to be done for you. So you see, you go to you go to your street taco, your local uh, your local food truck, Lonchera, and they have their griddle. It's sizzling, and you have the meat. Well, Artakisha comes out sizzling, so it's the it's a take on the griddle. So you oh. get it to your table, and you're doing it yourself. So that's what makes it fun. Okay, I love it. I'm going to have to check it out. Well, Danielle and Luis, thank you so much. This was really wonderful. I can't wait to try a Los Dos. Ta- what is it? A taquiza? Taquiza. Taquiza. Okay, I'm taking my in-laws. We're going to do it. You have to. It's, it'll be great. And then, Bray, just, just know, when you come to Los Dos Potrillos, it's like you're coming home. So, bienvenidos a nuestra casa. Welcome to our house. Welcome to your house. So, Thank you both so much. Of course. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. And now, please enjoy this sponsored interview with Savio House, because they have some interesting new ideas on how to help families in our community this holiday season. Hi, I'm Andrea Slenzi, Content Director at CityCast. And joining me now is Cleo Rauschway. Welcome to CityCast Denver. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Cleo, you are a trustee for Savio House. What is Savio? Savio is a nonprofit organization that works with families to help keep families together when they are faced with having a child removed from their home. 
And we serve about 1,750 families a year, mostly in the Denver area. What kind of families are we talking about? Who are the families that Savio House works with? So our typical families are in a situation where they are at risk of having a child removed from the home for a variety of reasons. Um, Maybe the child is experiencing abuse and neglect. If it's an older child, an adolescent, it might be a child that is, you know, having behavioral problems. They might be committing crimes in their community, missing school a lot, things of that nature. Sometimes we just have families that are, you know, experiencing extreme poverty or homelessness that is making it hard for them to keep their kids at home. And then we would get called in to help provide behavioral health services to the family so that we can try to prevent those kids from them being removed from the home and placed, you know, somewhere like foster care. How did you get involved in Savio? So I came to Savio really from witnessing just the strength of the bond between a child and their parent. Personally, I used to be a volunteer attorney with the Rocky Mountain Children's Law Center. And in doing that work, I served as a guardian ad litem. My job was to go in to investigate a situation for a judge, typically when there was a domestic violence situation, and tell the judge in that case if there were children, you know, I would do an investigation, interview the parents, interview the kids, and then go back to the judge and say, here's what I think is in the best interest of the child. And Andrea, without fail, I can't remember a case where the child did not tell me I want to stay at home. And typically it was mom. I just want to be with my mom. I just want to be with my mom. And sometimes that was the worst place for the child at that particular time. You know, mom would be, you know, just in a you know real dire straits. It could be a very unstable situation and it just didn't matter. That is where kids want to be. And, you know, sometimes I would be able to report to the judge that that's where kids should stay. And sometimes I would have to give a different recommendation. But I really walked away from that experience over and over and over, realizing that it almost doesn't matter what's going on at home. You know, I could tell these kids, you know, I can, you know, arrange to have you put in this really stable family where you would be able to go to school and there would be enough to eat and your bedroom would be warm. And that's not what mattered to kids. You know, what mattered to kids is what they know, what they trust, and that's family. And what I took away from that was this really deep desire to be with an organization that that's what the organization works to make attainable is a safe and loving environment for kids that's within their own families. And I would think to myself, God, if we could just treat this family in a holistic way, you know, instead of removing kids and then, you know, giving the child behavioral health treatment and then putting the child back in the same situation wouldn't it be so great if there was an organization that treated the family in a holistic way so that they would heal together as a family without having to remove the kids from the home, which is pretty traumatic for kids most of the time. And then I hooked up with Savio, whose mission is to do exactly that. So it was just a perfect fit for me. What kind of methods does Savio put in place to help keep families together? One of the ways that I think we are different from other organizations and certainly from the wonderful help that school counselors can provide is that we have about 150 therapists. And what they do is they go, we're a community-based services organization. So we go into the child's home and provide services at home. And we do that two to three times a week. So it's much more intensive therapy. We can provide it in the context of the family. I think it's really important when you think about kids being removed from the home. Oftentimes, you know, older kids will be removed from the home. They will be given amazing services, behavioral health services that might be working really well for them when they are not in their home. But when they're put back in their home, back in the same stressors that cause the behavioral problems and cause them to act out or not go to school, things can get unraveled. And so for our therapist to be able to go into the home, assess the situation, see how the family dynamic is operating, and really being able to work with the whole family together 
you have a much more resilient model and a better success rate. And that's what our therapists do. How can listeners support this work for Savio House? Well, listeners, we would love to have CityCast listeners support Savio, and they can do that by going to saviohouse.org slash citycast. And if listeners visit saviohouse.org slash citycast, there's an option to donate $175 to provide a family therapy session to a household. Fantastic. Cleo Rauschway, thank you so much for joining me. Listeners, again, can support Savio House at saviohouse.org slash citycast. Thanks, Andrea. It was a pleasure being here. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed this show, why not take a minute to tell your DoorDasher about us? Rate the show wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to our morning newsletter and learn more about us at denver.citycast.fm. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Bye-bye. Tell your... Tell your friend that calls smothered burritos wet burritos about us. That just sounds so not as good. (laughs) Whatever. Our burritos are the best.